Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands we record this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, as well as the Wanarua and the Gamilaroi people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. There are so many unwritten rules about how a wedding should be run. There are expectations from the couple getting hitched, expectations from the families and their friends on who should be in the bridal party to whether there should be a bridal party at all, should there be flowers, cake, church... And at the end of all that, the one question that overarches all of those decisions is who should pay for it. Back in the day, it was up to the bride's family, but that has since evolved to be whoever's family can afford it or the couple themselves. But what if, as a guest, you were asked to chip in and help with the expenses? Today, we're going to look at wedding etiquette and why we have an emotional reaction to who parts with their hard-earned dollars to help throw the big day's celebrations. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. internet is currently stacked with stories of couples getting married who expect their guests to foot the bill. Like this one from Reddit. So an acquaintance is getting married and sent their wedding website slash registry. Now this person wants an over the top for her lifestyle kind of wedding. They don't work, only their partner does, yet the cost of the wedding is about 30k right now. How do I know this? Their registry only has cash funds for every single vendor and a regular cash fund and honeymoon fund. They said absolutely no gifts, only contributions to the funds. So everything from the videographer to the wedding dress and even Manny Petty costs are on there. Supposed to be a guest count of 125, so I guess they expect everyone to contribute at least $250. Mind you, this is all a group of younger people that haven't even finished uni yet or have kids. Or this one from Netmums. Invitations recently went out and my husband and I were a little shocked to see that alongside RSVP info were bank details to pay £180 to secure our place at the wedding. We'll be staying over with our child on the venue grounds for two nights, so I understand this money will probably go towards this, but I just feel it's a bit off and bad etiquette. When we got married, the immediate family stayed at the venue which we paid for. There's even a Facebook page dedicated to shaming wedding plans, where this story came from. 
We managed to save up to nearly 15k for a wedding. We wanted an extravagant blowout. We started touring venues and we were torn between two. A local psychic told us to go with the more expensive one and we thought, why the hell not? Our dream wedding amounted to 60k all included with flights to Aruba and all we asked for was a little help from our family and friends. I specifically asked for cash gifts. How could we have our wedding that we dreamed of without proper funding? We'd sacrificed so much and only asked each guest for around 1500. We made it clear if you couldn't contribute, you weren't invited to our exclusive wedding. We sent out RSVPs and only eight people replied. We were f***ing livid. When it comes to paying for a wedding, traditionally it was the bride's parents who foot the bill. Why? Well, that's a patriarchal tradition that goes back more than a thousand years, when in some cultures, unmarried daughters were considered a liability to the family. She was an extra mouth to feed when a son could be out earning money. But sometimes you had to make your daughter the most attractive option to attract a potential suitor. And that's why they basically paid men to marry them with something called a dowry. A dowry system still exists today in some cultures, but it is becoming more of an informal custom, more of a gift to the couple getting married than either party's families being paid to marry off their children. And in some cases, the dowry is paid by the man to secure a wife, like in South Africa, where the concept of labola recognises the woman's contribution to both providing children and taking care of the home, labour that is highly valued in an African cultural context. So the dowry, or labola, is to compensate the value of the loss of that labour to the bride's family. Over time, the dowry system in Western cultures has led to the bride's family traditionally being responsible for paying for the wedding. But as we've moved on from those patriarchal views, and with women and men living together for sometimes quite lengthy periods of time before they get married, or the fact that there now be two brides or two grooms, it's falling more and more on the couple themselves to pay for the big day, while those families who can afford it might chip in. But what if you don't have thousands of dollars to pay for a wedding? What's the etiquette surrounding asking people to pay for their meals, or to pay to cover the cost of their attendance? It might not be acceptable in some cultures to ask at all. For example, in India, Meghna says it's considered very poor form to ask for any monetary contributions from those attending the event. So how Indian weddings work is that the person getting married is not paying for it. It's generally their parents. More often than not, bulk of it is the bride's parents. So what happens is it's actually kind of what kind of wedding you have, how is it organized and all is kind of equivalent to your status symbol in society. So if you're like having a low-key one, people will assume that you're like short on cash or something's going on. And, you know, so people don't want that to come out, even if that is the case. So they'll always try to have big, lavish weddings. And it's not uncommon to actually take a loan and do it. There is absolutely no chance of asking a guest to contribute. The gift they get is their own choice, whatever they want to give. We do tend to keep a strict note of it, like so-and-so family came in with this much money, so-and-so family contributed this much money because when it's your turn to go to their event, you sort of reciprocate in like a proportionate manner. But you don't ever ask them to contribute <laughs> directly. But for others, it's becoming more common to have your guests contribute, especially now that many couples already have everything they need in an established home and so don't really have a need for the traditional wedding gifts. Nicole says there are ways that the couple have been asking for us to pay for stuff without really asking outright for a long time. 
Well, I've never directly been asked to pay for a wedding. I essentially do. I mean, isn't that the concept of a wishing well? I know that when I go to a wedding, I always cover my head or to a certain extent, depending how expensive the wedding is and how close I am to the person. But I definitely pay to go to weddings. I just i am not asked in such a direct way. So what other ways can we ask our guests to chip in without putting anyone who might not agree with it off-site? Darcy Allen is the venue and planning manager at Easy Weddings, based in Melbourne, who has many years of experience planning nuptial celebrations both big and small. Darcy, how common is it that couples getting married are asking for guests to contribute these days? We're definitely seeing it. So at Easy Weddings, we obviously speak to you know hundreds of couples per day, and it's not something that I'm seeing trend majorly but there is the odd one here or there it's not necessarily for the entire wedding what we're seeing mostly at the moment is around bar tabs so what we have suggested to some of our couples is perhaps you know if it's not within the budget to cover alcoholic beverages for everyone how about you just do maybe the first round of drinks or a toast of champagne to celebrate and then request that your guests pay for their own drinks after that point Is the tradition of the bride's family paying for everything still a thing in 2022? I wouldn't say so. I think in some cultures it's definitely still a thing. Um, But generally speaking, in Australia and the couples that we speak to on a daily basis, you're probably finding that's only the case in about 30% of weddings. So we know that it sometimes can get pretty emotional in organising a wedding, and we've spoken to you about this in the past, about people getting upset about things. <laughs> but do people sometimes get upset about being asked to contribute financially towards people's weddings? And why do you think people do get upset by that? Yeah, typically I think so. And at the end of the day, I guess it's something that we're all used to. Everyone's been going to weddings for years now. It's a decade age. So it's not something traditionally that you would expect to pay for. I think, you know, with the way that things are and post-COVID, if it's not within the budget and you don't want to go an extravagant wedding, you can always get married at a registry office and ask your guests to meet you at your favourite restaurant. I think if it's in a restaurant whereby it's an a la carte menu, so the guest has the choice of what they would like to eat and potentially also the cost that they would like to spend, I think that's a fair and reasonable ask. But if you are booking a wedding venue or a reception centre whereby you need to prepay for your guests in advance and then perhaps also asking for a gift in your wishing well might be a little bit rich. Well, what are some of the things that couples are foregoing in weddings now, things that we might expect everyone to kind of have. What are couples foregoing in order to cut some costs these days? Definitely cake. I've seen um, a lot of wedding cake has gone astray lately, purely because it's very traditional and it's sometimes wasted, especially if you are paying for a three-course meal and having a dessert course served. So the wedding cake has been foregone and I've actually seen a lot of couples opt for a champagne tower instead, you know, picking up the croup glasses from Ikea or Kmart and doing it themselves with the beverage package included. So it's not an added expense, but it's a great photo opportunity and a formality for everyone to toast and celebrate the couple as you would with normally a wedding cake and toast. I have actually seen some people forego even professional photographers or videographers, just, you know, with the way that iPhones are these days and TikToks and what people can create from their own phone. There are some couples that are seeing they don't need the need for a professional with, you know, their friends and families taking so many photos and videos and reels that they've got enough um, footage of the day. Dresses as well. So websites like Still White and secondhand designer dress stores and sample sales are becoming more popular. So people aren't spending as much on the dress. Everything really. There's potential ways to cut costs in pretty much every category of wedding planning. 
Do people still have a wedding registry or is it more common for people to say have a wishing well now? Uh, on from our 2022 annual survey of our couples, it was quite a small percentage. It's only around about 25 to 30% that are having a wedding registry, and it's usually in addition to a wishing well. So if there are any traditional family members that potentially want to come with a gift, they still have the option to purchase off a registry. But, you know, I'm in that age bracket now where a lot of my girlfriends and friends are getting married, and I don't believe, I think maybe one of, you know, let's say the last 20 weddings we've attended had had a registry. So asking for your guests to pay can be done in a respectful way that doesn't feel like you're just asking for them to take care of everything. But also we need to respect that some people may not feel great about chipping in for your big day too. As for those who ask ridiculous things of their guests, like the people we heard from at the start of this episode, Darcy says some can take it too far. When you are a bridesmaid, there's so many added expenses that come with the hens and travelling the night before for a destination wedding and the outfits and all of the other bits and pieces. So if there are brides and grooms in the UK asking more to sit on the bridal table, that's extremely rich. It's a day that, you know, you should be celebrating with your closest friends and family. And if it's something that it isn't, you know, within the budget or in financial situation for you, perhaps wait a little bit longer. The great thing about weddings is everything's on a payment plan. So at the end of the day, you're never, you know, expected to pay 25000 or whatever the total cost is up front. It is over a significant period of time. So I took 24 months to plan my wedding, which is outside of the norm, which is normally 18 months. So go that extra length so that you don't have to have those difficult conversations. And, you know, the awkwardness of invoicing your family and friends could potentially be damaging on those relationships in the future, I could imagine. But, you know, there's other ways to cut costs. And I think at the end of the day, there's ways to celebrate small and intimately as well if a big wedding isn't in your sights. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Tom Lyon. taxes probably isn't in your top 10 fun things to do, but a little time spent now to look over your finances can go a long way in helping you save money and reap the benefits sooner. The best way to be smart through the year to make tax easier is not to leave it till the end of the year. Be organised. Keep great records. Take a photo of the receipt, save that into your phone onto Dropbox or even onto the ATO's app. And that way, you don't need to worry about missing receipts and locating things at tax time. It's all there and in the one place. Check out Melissa Brown in Mamma Mia's What the Finance podcast for all your tax time tips. Find it in your favourite podcast app now. Big thanks to anyone listening who's become a Mamma Mia subscriber. Subscribers get access to every podcast, exclusive videos and all the great articles on Mamma Mia. And you'll be helping to fund girls in schools in some of the most disadvantaged countries in the world through our partnership with Room to Read. Subscriptions cost as little as $5.75 a month. There's a link in our show notes.